Welcome to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica. And I'm Allie. And today we are here with the lovely Melissa Harding. Melissa is a singer, songwriter, actress, and teacher based in Los Angeles, California. And she spent a majority of 2016 on the road touring with the band 6AM as a backup singer and vocal coach for lead singer James Michael. Melissa is currently writing the book and music for her first original musical. She is also actively involved in Red Level 3 Studio in Los Angeles and can be seen regularly on Jamcast, the James Michael podcast. Welcome, Melissa! Yay! Yay. That was so accurate! Oh, good. (laughs) We we, we try. I love it. I love it. Um, So, welcome to Courageous Wellness. I'm so excited to be on a podcast with you ladies. I know. We're so so excited to have you. Um... So as you know, we've been like interviewing so many different types of people about their individual journeys to wellness and what that means for them. Like what does wellness look like for them or mean for them as an individual? I know you've had like a big um, sort of journey in your own life and your self-care and and that type of thing. But then also you work as someone who takes care of someone else's instrument mm-hmm. with the vocal coaching <laughs> and also with with James and yeah. so yeah we just we want to hear your story we want to hear what oh it- man I've had so many changes I think actually in mm. even how I <laughs> approach wellness at this point just because of the different jobs I've had and the different things I've done I mean before any of the rock band stuff I was a vocal director for a children's theater company so mm-hmm. that was a very different kind of um job situation where I was putting a lot of energy into other people you know being a teacher it's pretty normal that my voice teacher said that to me actually once she said when you become a teacher you get to a point where you're sort of putting so much energy out and you forget to refuel Mm. in and that's been a huge problem (laughs) for me in my life just because of how fast-paced I am like Allie knows like a mile a minute I'm just always doing too many things which is a good thing And also a bad thing when you don't slow down and just make a decision Mm. to kind of refuel for yourself. And so I think I've had to really refocus on that and figure out how to do that even more, especially being on the road. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, So you mostly, your last tour ended this past year and also just a disclaimer if you hear any heavy breathing we have another guest oh luckily yes. your dog is well, joining Buckley. us today now we're talking and so he's and now he like, wants to be in the on guys the you turned the air conditioning <laughs> off why am i not over here with you but <laughs> so he's gonna want to be he's with welcome us he's time. our other guest he's a welcome special guest a welcome <laughs> special guest who's now of course interested right when we start recording yeah. but we'll see how he does so with your touring let's yes. talk about that you're yes. part of this big um kind of well-known band internationally Mm. and um what does it look like when you're on the road what does your routine look like for your own self-care when you're traveling across a million different time zones um and then when you're also sort of entrusted with like your lead singer who (laughs) needs to carry the show every night yeah and he is such a huge voice and such an amazing singer Um, and that was actually my number one job as much as I was out there to backup sing, you know, if I don't sing on a song, it's not the end of the world. If he doesn't sing on a song, it's a huge problem. (laughs) So now he's drinking water. So it's one of those things where my job actually every day started right when James woke up. It was like, Hey, I need you in my room because I feel kind of weird or, you know, we'd be in another city. And all of a sudden it was like, 
you know, it's so dry. We got to Vegas and mm-hmm. everyone's voice was just like sandpaper. Yeah. And so it really becomes more an issue of just physical maintenance, I guess. Like I have friends that are on Broadway that I know have to go to physical therapy every week. They have to do mm-hmm. things for their body every week. So number one, it's physical. It was physical health, not I do not drink yeah. on the road. That's a rule for me. And it was something that my bandmates were always you know, like everybody goes out and has a beer and things like that. But we had a lot of sober people on our bus and, and that was a big part of our tour Mm -hmm. was sobriety and like not really acting crazy. And so that was a number one rule and it was the physical things, but the road is hard because of what it does to your psyche as well, because you are so isolated. There were so many times where, and I know Allie, you would understand this being away for a long period of time. It's like you go through periods where you just really are homesick and it's, it's the mental aspects of, you know, just keeping certain routines. To me, it was all about routine. What mm. what felt normal just in terms of what I would do with my time at home if I got to spend some time alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those moments alone are so valuable and so hard mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're living on a bus. And yeah. there's literally a curtain separating you from another per- You know, there is no privacy. It's very tough on your head mm, yeah. to kind of not ever be able to just go, I'm just going to go to my room. Oh, wait. <laughs> no room. Yeah, <laughs> There's nowhere to go. Yeah, it's a bus and we're all here. And yeah, we're all slipping. Yeah, slipping. so it's a lot of mental health mixed with physical health just to keep the endurance so that when mm. you get to a new city, you're not like overcome by allergies or weather or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. It's tough. And so what are some of those routines that you really held close to keep first your yeah. energy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were big emergency people. Like I was, <laughs> I emergency, yeah, like the emergencies, <laughs> like I had a bottle that I always, that was a huge, I mean, so simple water. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't think to drink enough water. So I was, I always had a big bottle of water or something that I just always had multiple of those. So I was constantly mm. kind of ingesting more water than I needed and and a lot of vitamin C. That was Mm. a huge thing. For singing, it was a lot of steaming, and it was, for me personally, a lot of neti potting. Mm. Girl preaching to the choir. Yeah, it's like that's... That was the toughest thing is that allergies are just a weird thing. I had one suggestion given to me, and I did follow it if I could, but it was hard to do because you can't just drive out to a store all the time, but I would find local honey if I could. Mm. That was a thing that I think a lot of singers do because they think, well, if I have allergies, I might as well (laughs) try to see if I can tackle it any way I can. Um, So I did those things. Steaming was so big. Just being in hotel rooms, like I would steam my hotel rooms, Mm. which is kind of, I felt like bad, like I'm wasting water, but Mm. I would turn on the water hot and like open the bathroom door and like steam my room if I could it was like those little tiny things that just give you moisture and give you give you hydration and that was the toughest part for me and I had to do a lot of really high singing so I needed my cords to be able to really stretch well and so it was a lot of vocalizing as well we have a huge vocal routine the rest of the band made fun of us constantly because it was a lot of like tongue holding weird things. And so the lead singer was always warming up and all the other rock dudes were like, what are you doing, bro? And we were like, keeping that voice healthy. He sings yeah. like Freddie Mercury. Like those songs are hard and he yeah. needed to be able to do them every night. And proudly he never lost his voice. Unless he had 104 fever, he did not lose his voice once. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, That's so he amazing. did great. Oh, we had one other gross thing. Can I tell you? Yeah. Did I tell you the orange juice concoction? Because I'm a big believer in this. I think I think you have before. It's like it's orange juice, bills. like cayenne, and like all this stuff. But tell, <laughs> tell the it? listeners, you're so gross. gross. It's so gross. I believe like if you get a really bad chest cold or 
things like that, physical things. I've been told that if you get an ear infection, put a clove of garlic in your ear. There's something powerful about garlic. Yeah. It's very, it just plows through certain bacterias, I think. And so if you mince that up and mince up garlic or mince up garlic and ginger and put it into some warm orange juice with cayenne warm pepper and shoot juice. it, it's like easier to shoot down when it's a little warm because mm-hmm. it kind of soaks up some of that and just goes, yeah. but it's gross. It's, I mean, it's gross. <laughs> and I've but, done it and like reeked of garlic because... Yeah, you sweat that out. It's man, like, does it toxins knock out. stuff out. Like it gets in your gut. Oh, and kombucha, those two things. I love kombucha. It's, kombucha. Yes. We've, it's interesting. We, had, we just interviewed someone about... Um, gut health she's a fermenter like she has a fermenting line um, know and there's really mixed mixed feelings in this field about kombucha, kombucha. really because, because it's made with sugar because because right. it ferments because of the sugar um and also carbonation carbonation and i love, I love carbonation but it feels like i'm having a soda but not really well it's way better for you than soda. Right. there's well, no right, joke in right, that right. and i think that's why too like trusting your intuition and knowing what is working for you kombucha works for me i feel better when i drink it it replaces soda or whatever that i don't drink anyway but i still get that that sugar does help me if i'm feeling tired so i also don't really drink coffee right it gives you a little pick i love it so i think it's knowing yes i understand that it might be more sugar it could potentially give you candida or whatever but I don't think it's doing that for my body. <laughs> you and know I tr- if it is. I trust myself, right. and I think that intuition is something I'm learning That's to That's what we're talking on. about here, that right. like everybody, so long as you just try to learn what you can, everybody's journey is going to be slightly different. Our body chemistry is different. And yeah. it's like bio-individuality, right? Absolutely. You know, I, I went off of acid reflux pills by drinking kombucha. Like so I, I must have helped your gut. Yes. 100%. I mean, now, granted, I think that... Years ago, somebody had told me to go on these pills mm. because I had gone and oh, yeah. gotten an endoscopy done. I did yeah. not know I had asthma. I had something else that was an issue that was also causing weirdness in mm. my breathing. He has a bone now. Okay, great. Just to announce, if you hear grinding, he now has a bone, but that's better than him touching us. Um, <laughs> so he, I, I found that I did not think I should be on these pills. Mm. I was just, it just was not sitting well with me, and it had been so many years, and I had gotten them down to a very low dose. But when I would go off of them, it was weird. My body would act weird. Yeah. So I started doing a kombucha a day. I thought if I don't spend any money on coffee out, like go get an iced coffee or whatever, I right. make my coffee if I want it at home, and I put that into my budget, and I went off of those pills, and I have not looked back since. You know? amazing. Those I pills think gave so. you know. So just for our listeners, for singers, and um, acid reflux is. So the devil common. and it's yeah. so common and sometimes you don't like people conflate it with heartburn like for me I've been told I have acid reflux from an ENT multiple times but I don't have symptoms per se other than some allergy stuff sure but um I don't like you don't feel the burn you know I you know I'm like well I eat pretty well all this stuff but if something is going on they're so quick to try to prescribe you these pills mm-hmm. and then one Gosh, time yes. year, a couple years ago I He's like, well, I saw that you had some acid reflux in your esophageal lining. Okay, great, fine. So he puts me on these pills, and within three days, I'm getting all this acid reflux, which can happen. And it was, yes. like, the worst experience ever. Um, and I was like, I'm not doing this. And I got off, but it took me, like, in three days, I was, I was like, I'm not taking these. I just knew it was wrong for me. It felt terrible. And, but I had to 
really attack my gut with probiotics and some fermented stuff to just, it took me a couple weeks after three days of it just to get it back to normal. Right. And it just seems like that is so true that everyone I know is like, I have acid reflux. (laughs) Mm. This just does not seem right to me. And it's also that there's the thing I've really found, I've gone on such a vocal journey and, you know, I tell all of my students that come to me, like when I was, when I was 19, 20, I was doing a show and my cords were so inflamed and I had no idea what was going on. There were other issues. I had a doctor that finally took the time to really ask me questions. And she looked at me one day and was like, I think you have asthma. And I was really confused by that because I'd never, I'm a singer. I have such powerful lungs. I've never been told that that was even kind of an issue, but it does make sense if my cords were inflamed and they weren't phonating correctly, yeah. it absolutely makes sense that mm. there was something air With pressure. Your breathing. Yes, yeah. related. Wow. So it to me was just like she was the only one that yeah. had taken the time to ask other questions. And so I was so glad to get off of them and found that if I was vocalizing a certain way regularly, it just wasn't an issue. I was treating a symptom, not yeah. the problem. Yeah. And that was that is the thing that we all get told to do. I right. think it's That's, just treat the is, symptoms. This is Absolutely. our country. This is our yeah, medical Yeah, it's not system. the actual issue. It's just, it, let's just deal with this one thing you're getting because of something else, you know? Oh, and absolutely. It's tough. And actually, the book I was reading on the microbiome talks about acid reflux. Really? And it said that um, you actually need more Basically, the medicine they give you does not fix your does problem. Does the opposite. It does That's do the opposite. That's why I gave it to yes. said that. Because actually, digestive enzymes are so naturally so much better for you than acid reflux medication. Mm-hmm. Because, and I could be a little off on like the way I'm the relaying science, the yeah. science and the information. But essentially, acid reflux comes because your body isn't producing enough of the right acid. Right. So when you're taking an antacid, you're actually killing more acid. And you what you actually need is more better acid. To <laughs> produce it. To right? produce it. So relaying the science wrong. But what Pepsid and Tums and all these mm-hmm. things do is they're actually just covering up the symptom and they're not dealing with it so you right. become addicted and essentially dependent yeah your gut on the drug dependent and on. you're messing up your microbiome with and those pills other ways so 100%. that's one other thing i've like really incorporated i say this and like i've really been bad about it this week but <laughs> usually i've been pretty good which is i've been doing like the cup of water in the morning yeah and doing a little bit of apple cider vinegar and mm. a little bit of fresh lemon yep. and some turmeric and some cayenne and doing that as just a morning, number one, a glass of water. And I warm it up just because I think warm water does yeah. feel good. And it's, yeah. I don't know. I did read or heard on some show this guy talked adamantly on about drinking a warm glass of water before every meal. And mm. so I started doing that. And I haven't been good about that either. But the, the actual, like, doing apple cider vinegar with lemon has also been sort of like a kombucha... Like vinegar, just getting your body going, you know, digestion. Whenever I feel a little sick, an apple cider vinegar in water—it's magic. It is. It's it's medicine, but it's so true because our gut actually wants warm. water warm foods and it actually makes sense it's hard in california where we all live because we don't actually get traditional seasons right but in especially in places like new york or anywhere that gets four seasons your gut wants what is seasonally like what it's seasonally supposed to want so if it's hot in the summer of course your body might want like a cold smoothie or something like the gut might want something something but in you know freezing cold of winter 
an, a, an ice smoothie or a yogurt parfait might not fill you right. and it actually could end up hurting your gut because you're not supposed to be eating that type of food in that season it all just mm. goes back to the biology yeah. of how we're supposed to be like our evolution our yeah. body wants to work for, for us. us we just have to allow it to work for us and i was listening to this podcast in the car that ali told me to listen to um it's dr mark hyman and the um the founder of Bulletproof. Yeah, Dave Asprey. Oh. But they're talking about, too, one, one thing they talked about among a lot of things was how, again, when we were talking about body chemistry, some people can handle kombucha, some people right. can do all these things, like nightshade vegetables. Yeah, some people can't do it. Some Wait, people, what is a nightshade? It's like an eggplant or like a bell pepper, right? Yeah, oh. tomatoes. Yes, nightshade. I did yeah. a So they grow in the night. <laughs> but to some people who their body or their mitochondria can't process it, it's poisonous. But then to like another person who has no problem... It can be nourishing, and so it's so interesting because we're all so different. But I imagine on the road to, and as a singer, diet must be so important. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> it's the toughest part. And you know what I actually did on our last tour is I, I call it, I advanced every city. So James, my boss, has had a lot of different diet changes, and he tried I say this because it was really hard to yeah. be a really active vegetarian mm. on the road. Like, he tried to cut a lot of meat out, and he's done that through the years. But I advanced every city to say, if we're staying in this hotel, I'm going to find a vegetarian restaurant or some sort of option of a good, healthy meal within a five-mile radius. Mm. And when you're in the middle of, like, a really small town in, like, Iowa, <laughs> sometimes that's not possible. And yeah. And so that was the tough thing is we do have catering, right? And that was great. He has total OCD. So catering's hard for him because of germs and just the idea of everybody going down the line of food. Like, so we did a lot of juices and a lot of, because I was assisting really the lead singer. And so it was a lot of just making sure his diet was really good, but certain things are hard to find. And so we were lucky to juice. We were lucky to like have some healthy, clean, clean options. And we did have good catering, but Food was definitely something that we actually thought about way ahead of actually going mm, because really it's hard to just get to a city and have to kind of like frantically see if you can find something else if you really aren't into right. what's happening. Once you're already hungry. Yeah, and you're alone in a hotel room and you're like, I really just want to order something. But when you're always eating from restaurants, you're also yeah. eating way more salts than you yeah. really like it's just so many other things so you do just want home cooked food like I cook a lot yeah that's a very spiritual peaceful Absolutely. part of my life yeah and I cook a lot by myself and so that's really hard not mm. being able to cook was really tough and when I came home I was so grateful yeah to like be back in a kitchen you know mm. so that was really tough we don't really have a kitchen on the bus the microwave. How <laughs> right. long were you on the road for? We were on the road off and on for three years, but it wow. was it was at least like a yearish of touring altogether that was spread out. You know, all of the guys in our band have partners and kids. You know, one of them had kids, and so we would go back and forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of time, and at one point we were touring basically like almost six months nonstop, and it was wow. that was really tiring. Like I was here, and then I left, and then it was, and then yeah. a, a couple weeks in Japan, and then back, and then two months here, and, and a month in Europe. It was a lot of just bouncing all over wow. the place. Europe was tough for food as well. Was it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, as much as you think it'd be a little different, maybe a little more unique. I mean, it was just. It was it was a hard thing to find food in a different country when again you're just trying to like follow certain dietary restrictions or just find a specific thing and 
they just don't serve that. Right. Well, yeah, because I imagine it's like being an athlete. Like, yeah. it is like being, is an, being athlete. an athlete. You yeah. are an athlete. As a athlete. performer. Because yeah. I read, like, Tom Brady's diet is so... Intense. Like, like, and he's one of, regardless of, like, what we think of Tom Brady, right. he's he's actually one of, like, he's a fantastic athlete, and yeah. he's so mm-hmm. skilled at his craft. And he, he does not eat nightshades. He does not eat, like gluten or dairy or sugar or like oil like he has the strictest diet but it's all about enhancing performance performance. and so as singers you are athletes you're performing every single night singing is not just about keeping your cords in shape it's like you have a body that has to go on stage and you just output energy especially if you're doing some sort of show obviously it's different if you're like in the studio but it's such a physical, a full body physical experience, especially for something like you guys are doing, like as a big full band, like yeah. you're moving from place to place and you're just burning at a different level. We had a hard hitting set. Yeah. Like we walked out on stage and it was 45 minutes for the last few tours we did. It was 45 minutes of just nonstop in your face energy, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, and sometimes the crowd's not with you, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes you're working way harder to like give them what they want because you're earning their trust, you know, and it was not always given. Mm. (laughs) I remember when we went out, our guitarist DJ, he had guitar, he was the replacement guitarist for Slash and Guns N' Roses. So he toured for many years, Mm. like doing all those Guns N' Roses lead parts. And he told me, he's like, I had to earn them. And it was really hard to earn them. He told all of us these stories about like people throwing bottles with piss in it on stage at you. Because they're like, I don't like you. And you know, these are (laughs) rock audiences. These are not like girls dancing. (laughs) The girls are like, "Ah!" it's so intense. And you're just, it was so much. And especially to be a woman in that situation, I definitely, I was like, they won't throw things at me. Like, (laughs) I don't, I just don't believe that. But they These would. boys don't care. Like they come on, they're like, "What are you doing here?" Mm. So you really did. It felt like it felt like earning trust all the time, and it felt like just having to be at a hundred and ten percent. And I, I think my breathing is pretty strong, and I would run out of breath. And that's another huge thing on the road is mm. um, altitude? Uh, altitude. Oh my gosh, I'd never played a show in Denver. Oh, we went yeah. to Denver, and and we were told. So your oxygen mask will be off stage. They said that to James, and he was like, my my what? <laughs> and they said, oh, you're going to need it. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they said, you've never sung here. And he was like, no, I have not. And he was running off in between every song and just, <gasps> like, because the altitude oh makes it gosh. so hard to breathe. And we played in this tiny club, and it was sold out, and it was packed, and it was humid, and <laughs> it's crazy. It was like you could not catch, catch. your breath. Wow. It was crazy to me. Where where do you get your energy in those moments? Like, where does that... Oh, man. I mean, I'm sure sometimes it comes from the crowd or the adrenaline. Sure. But in those moments where you're just not feeling it, I'm sure you've had moments like that. Yes. Where does it it come from? Oh, man. I think... (laughs) I really do think it's an acting thing. To me, it's... It's reminding myself, and this was something that was really big for James as as a student, working with him, he'd never been a guy on the road. That was not what he did. He was, he wrote songs for Kelly Clarkson. Like he was a producer guy. He was a behind the scenes guy. They just happened to ask him to sing for the band and Mm. they happened to start touring a lot. He had to learn to be somebody who sang a lot. Mm. And 
I would tell him constantly, the minute you start getting into the headspace of, I mean, there were times where it was 30,000 people we were playing in front of. And it's like, if you get out there and start thinking to myself, I have to sing to all of these people right this second, it's very daunting and you stop remembering what you're saying. And so we talked about that a lot, not allowing yourself to get out of the headspace of really being cheesy as it is in the moment with the audience. And if you do that and you're really consistent about that and you don't get caught up in like, I'm going to sing. <laughs> you know, it's like I say this to st- students all the time and it seems silly, but nobody wants to watch you sing about your singing. Mm-hmm. You need to be singing about what the words are about. Yeah. Yeah. So my motivation up there, if, if I get tired or, or sort of feel like it's not happening, I have to watch him and figure out what he's giving them. We're backing the band. So we're not really there to be lead singers, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really about just follow I mean like even like in pictures I look it's like we really were looking for their energy yeah to guide the show because it was about the three of them yeah you know so we were the support our energy was to support not to pull away from what they were doing so it's an mm. unusual job being a backup singer you know because mm. it's not about you <laughs> it's not about me it's yeah. about him and so we're there to support him you know so amazing so it's kind of an interesting job it was but to be doing that while like whale belting like it was just so high (laughs) so much so much high singing for me that I was always so tired because that as Allie will know is very when you sing up high a lot especially in like a mixed belt it's a lot of pressure and I do get a little lightheaded sometimes when I'm constantly just Mm -hmm. like yeah, because you're there. and you're taking in a lot of oxygen. It is right. a very like physical experience. And the weird thing about singing high, especially like wicked high in that belty place, is it's it's less air to get up there. So if you over breathe, you're overcompensating. It's the chords need physically less air to make that sound. Mm. So it's like you're like you need I can't, the right amount, right, right amount. It's the, it's the right, right stream of air, and if I overdo it, I'm actually pushing. If I underdo it, I'm pinching, and so I can't. You have to find a balance and be really consistent with your breath. So that's sort of the wow. yoga thing to me. It's getting that fire. I don't know if you guys take yoga and they do mm-hmm. fire breath, right? Like I actually hate that fire I'm breath. So snotty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I always feel like I'm just like <laughs> just snotting out, yeah. but it's this idea of just. And just getting your breath to really work. Yeah. I think a lot of people have things they do like that. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard the Matthew McConaughey thing. Mm-hmm. He does this, like, beating his chest oh thing. Gosh. And no, he gets in touch hilarious. with his voice. Yeah. And he did it in Wolf of Wall Street. Leo saw him doing it on set and loved it and was like, what are you doing? And he was like, it's my warm-up. It's how I get my, my voice connected. You know, he's kind of a weird guy. And he's like, show me that. And so if you watch Wolf of Wall Street, they do this thing, do that. Mm-hmm, and they beat their chest. And it's totally a Matthew McConaughey oh vocal warm-up that. that he does. Wow. <laughs> I just it's think it's so hilarious. Well, you know what's interesting? The breath is something that sort of is like, it's life, right? Like, it goes oh, to man. everything. If you're not, it's interesting as a singer, you have to tap into this pretty early on where you're going to pass out or fall over. Right, but right. your breath is everything. It's your center. It's your, but it, but it applies to all areas of life, not just singing. I think, I mean, I had even as an actor, but I try to apply it in life when I have anxiety or nerves or anything like that. I had a, a director once say to me that if you take an, an honest, deep breath in, when someone is speaking, speaking a line to you, speaking their words to you, if you breathe that in, 
when you're ready to to deliver your response, you will have the breath support because you've you've taken that breath right. in on what they're saying, and you will you will exhale the breath on your line, and it can't help but be based in truth. Right, mm. I it, love that. It's like, and I use it all the time, like not just in work, in shows and whatever, but in life because it's like. You know, the first thing to go when we're nervous, right, or we're anxious, the first thing to go as a human is your breath, typically. Mm. So I do think that there's something to, like, a practice, whether it's yoga or whatever, just breathing. If you're you're having, like, a freak-out moment, that's what I do, is, like, if I take a couple deep breaths, like, it gets me back to my center physically, which gets me back to my center emotionally spiritually like it's all in the breath yeah you know I, I feel like it's my hardest thing actually mm. as much as I use breathing so often and I talk about it so often I find that I don't do it often enough and I'm always having to remind myself like you are having a moment right now and you are not breathing and you do not stop talking yeah. you know mm-hmm. and I feel silence because I, I get nervous and you know I, I have to like it's so tough for me. Breathing is really challenging for me too, but the more I do it, the less anxious I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I uh, like, I shut down when I feel emotional a little bit. I don't really like to let myself release and cry. It takes a lot for me to just right. release and cry. I really admire people who have the ability to just feel and release (laughs) but I don't have that all the time but actually I want to like I want to start releasing those emotions with tears and so I've been breathing more when I feel the tightness maybe in my chest of I don't want to feel this emotion and then I'm like Mm -hmm. and then I like cry a little for joy for whatever the experience is breathing is the key to everything and it's actually in the class that um Oh, we're taking Allie to this workout class tomorrow. And it's, um, but it's spirituality meets boot camp meets yoga. It's it's really, it's so weird and amazing, but that's the only place I've ever done fire breathing. Actually, they do, but, but people were like releasing during, it was the tail end of class and you just sit there and you're, cause it's supposed to be like an ab workout as well. Mm -hmm. And they're fire breathing and they're releasing and people are crying it's definitely like a it's a very LA workout even though it comes from New York but it um it's all about breath and release and it's just so because the breath connects all of our elements right we talk about all the elements of wellness what does that mean right right. emotional mental physical spiritual right and like breath is in all all practices of health, you know, mm. across the world, regardless. Like, if you're going to be an athlete, you need to breathe. If you're going to be a performer, right. you need to breathe. If you're going to be a human, if you're going to mm. digest your food, you need to breathe. Right, and yeah. it's fluidity. It's like the thing I think is I get very, like, jagged yeah. about things. I stop allowing it to be fluid, even singing. I mean, it was always my biggest problem with singing. My teacher used to tell me, like, you're a, can I curse? Yeah. You're yeah. a master bullshitter. She'd always tell me that. Like, you're really good at bullshitting your way through your breathing, and you're not actually allowing it to become a fluid thing. You're kind of using tricks to make mm. it work, you know? And it's always been my issue. It's just tightening and trying, being so controlling, yeah. trying to be so organized <laughs> or whatever that... I get too caught up in that and I stop just breathing in and do find that 
I, even in yoga, I've been doing yoga for so many years and I totally hold my breath. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. even realize do I'm too. doing it. And I, yeah. and I, I'm listening to the teachers tell me to breathe. And I, I realize that it is this thing of, I think in our profession in, in creative professions, you're always looking for the next job. And there is a lot of just kind of holding yeah. your breath. Mm-hmm. And I find that there's so many things that are you know, happening, but they're a work in progress and I don't really know if things are going to succeed all the time. And so I find myself holding my breath a lot, just kind of as a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's sort of that same thing, not being able to release certain anxieties yeah. or know how to release those things. And I just find that breathing is the hardest thing in the world for me, which is why I'm so interested in, in chanting or the idea of doing certain things regularly with your voice that aren't just vocalizing but they're actually for kind of calmness (laughs) I just need it in my life I need that so much well I think the release aspect of breathing is so important I got a massage once and in the massage she was like you have so many knots and so when she was going into the knots in my back she was like okay you have to breathe out when I go into your knots she's like that's how the knots gonna release and no, I had never gotten a massage where they had told me that before. Cause wow. it makes sense though. It's this congestion in your back of yeah. sorts. It's, it's a knot of tension and how do you get rid of it? Yes, you can rub it out, but like, where's it going to go? And she was like, it goes out through your breath. So she made me take these deep breaths and yeah. breathe out as she was, um, yeah. going in my shoulders where I keep all my tension, yes. but it is. And it's 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 something that I think we should be taught to do as children. But oh my gosh, <laughs> it would be so nice if we were taught to like just calm ourselves. It's so interesting. I have a little boy I used to take care of, and um, his name is Ike, and he's just the best kid ever. And his parents used to do this thing with him. He would get worked up, mm. and they would do this thing with him where they would say, "I really just need you to take a second. And mm. that's kind of how they would calm him down. They would say, "I just really need you to take a second." take a couple breaths and he'd always go um, twine you know like he couldn't get the breath in but he they literally talked to him about breathing That's and I just so thought beautiful. that was so great you know uh, most parents are sort of like you need to calm yourself and just walk away yeah. like they don't really think give you a skill give you a skill to do that yeah and breathing is the most accessible form of self-care because you right. can do it in the car you can do it in the tour bus it doesn't you can cost do anything. anything that's where I need to do it is in the car that's yeah. where I'm like a maniac I can't <laughs> yeah. hold anything back that is where all my rage comes Absolutely. out especially LA in LA traffic yes. yeah so can we like rewind a little bit? I'm kind yes. of curious how you, you know, especially you're in this profession where you need to sort of take care of yourself and take mm-hmm. care of other people, et cetera, from a physical and kind of mental place. But how did you, in your journey, just as Melissa, get interested in taking care of yourself? And what, like, hmm. You know, I know you're pretty active. We hike together. Yes, just from we like, do. Not from this a, month, though. <laughs> but from a, like, in your daily life, do you remember, or was was it a result of going into your field of being a performing artist, or was it before that? Do you remember at a <clears throat> point in your life saying, wow, this... This stuff is important to me or... Yeah, kind of actually. You know, when I moved out, I moved out when I was 18 and I just came to Los Angeles. And my parents were like, so you're not going to a four-year college? And I was like, no. 
I got this. And I just sort of moved out. Like, I, there was not really a plan. And I remember I gained a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. That was the first, that one of the first, of course, like freshman 15 sort of thing. Yeah. But I was just living in an apartment. And I didn't really know how to take care of myself. And there was a couple things that I just discovered that really changed how I viewed just food mm-hmm. and a lot of different things. Okay. I really started reading up on food and I started watching, you know, when you get Netflix and <laughs> you're just watching these documentaries and you're like, I didn't know that. Like you start yeah. just learning things. Learning I've that. always been somebody who sought out information. And so I would learn if I could find information that would change something about a routine. I just started caring because all of a sudden I started changing my food a little bit and all of a sudden I started losing weight, you know? Mm. I'm the healthiest I've ever been. I'm 5'4". I'm not... I don't consider myself, like, the skinniest human, but I'm, I'm at a good, healthy weight now and I used to easily be 30, 40 pounds heavier. Mm. So... And that was just merely not really having any sort of exercise I liked. Mm. <laughs> that was a huge thing because yeah. I grew up dancing. So when you're on stage constantly and you're always at dance rehearsal or always at class or all... You just naturally are sort of active, and I didn't have that anymore at 19. Nobody was giving me opportunities to perform every second, so I had to start figuring out some things. And I started going to yoga, and I started going to farmer's markets, Mm. and like actually discovering things that were around me in my community. I just became an adult who had to find out what it meant to be healthy. And so I'm not super strict about food. I, you know, I was eating Oreos before you guys came. I eat things I want, you know, yeah. I just, but I have certain things that I try to be really real with, which is mm. like really eating fresh things every single day. And if I am going to have a bunch of carbs in my breakfast, then I watch what that looks like God. through the rest of the day. Sugar's tough for me lately, to be honest. Like I'm so in that jar of Nutella, like often with a spoon. Like I, I do have things like that that just are my little things yeah. that yeah. Are like no one's here and they'll never see and whatever. Yeah, I, do. I don't want rules, you know. And yeah, I, the restriction. Yeah, I read um, I years ago I read Portia de Rossi's book. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever heard of it, but Ellen DeGeneres' partner that yeah, was an yeah. Ally McBeal actress yeah. on all these shows and. It was called The Unbearable Lightness, and it was all about her eating disorder. And I remember her saying in a chapter, you know, if I eat now with food, if I eat a bag of Cheetos today, it's probably not likely I'm going to do that again tomorrow. Probably not. So why stop myself from just, you know, so I try to follow that. Like, I don't want to have hard, hard rules. I've tried to be totally gluten-free. You know, it's tough for me certain things, but I try to just eat fresh and I try to have balance it and that seems like you big. have like you eat intuitively yes I yeah. eat intuitively and I try to find good balance in how much I'm cooking to how much I'm eating out yeah mm-hmm. or if I am gonna do dominoes and like really go for it yeah then maybe the next day I just you know I just try to like find a nice flow through yeah. my week and yeah and exercise is the same I love hiking with Allie I like talking and being out in the sun yeah yeah I like yoga I love cardio bar Like, Mm. I have certain classes I absolutely love. But that's just tapping into the fact that I don't want to run because it doesn't feel good on my knees. I'm a dancer type, and so that exercise feels good to me. You know, I had to find things I actually enjoyed. (laughs) And that seems so simple, but so many people, I don't understand why they're at the gym. I just don't understand. I never set foot in the gym. The pressure that we put on ourselves to do things that don't feel good. No. Like, Like you you don't have to hike a mountain. We could just hike down the boulevard by the water you know like we can just walk 
you know? Well, absolutely. Yeah. And I think in that podcast you had me listen to, they did that study where they followed people who worked out six days a week for like 60 minutes. Yeah. And then they followed people who did 30 minutes three days a week, yes. I think. Yes. And basically the people who did less working out, like hi, same intensity, like high intensity. Actually, I think even more intensity in more the shorter intensity, period of yes. time. Shorter, but only three days a week. Um, they lost Had 9% less fatty, body weight. Isn't that yeah, crazy? really crazy? And yeah, they were not it's body mental, weight. But the, and also body the recovery. Mental. Your body wants to rest. Your body yes. wants to take yes. a leisurely walk. Your body, if it's always under that stress of working out, mm-hmm. it's not good for your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, if it if you feel like it is, you do you. That's great. But typically, for most people, they recovery need recovery. Is right. And I find that I was a little tough on my, like, there was a point on tour where I thought I got a little too thin, but I think part of it was just the amount of traveling, Absolutely, my yeah. diet being sort of off because I wasn't control. And there were times where it was like, nothing looked good or, you know, whatever. I wasn't eating the best. And I was eating, I was, I became the girl who like, everyone was like, what candy does Melissa have in her bunk? Like everybody <laughs> knew I had like stashes of candy and like hidden in my bunk. So like, I have my phases where I kind of get loosey-goosey with the rules or little rules that I plan. Yeah. Like, I try to do meatless Mondays. Mm. You know, yeah. it's like little things like that. Absolutely. But, but I did, part of it was work, for sure. When I actually had a job where I knew I was going to be up in front of an audience, I wanted to be strong. And I wanted yeah. to feel strong. And, you know, I don't have, like, I'm not, like, <laughs> I don't consider myself, like, the hot rock girl who's like showing cleavage like I'm not that girl but I wanted to feel fierce that was Mm. the difference I didn't want to feel like it wasn't about being sexy it was about feeling really strong and fierce and so I did work out a lot Mm. when I went on the road I didn't but beforehand I was very adamant on like feeling my best yeah Yeah. because I didn't know what the circumstances were going to be like and sometimes you are flying to Japan and within four hours of getting there, it's like, be asleep and then be up in the morning and you're at the, you know, it's a lot of just moving really fast on and off of planes. Mm. And yeah, so you're not really sleeping. So I felt that the stronger my body was, the less I was kind of succumbing to just being more exhausted by the circumstances. Mm. <laughs> and that's the part of your job that requires, well, it doesn't require it, but it makes your life easy in the longer, in the long term when you condition, just like an athlete, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, certain sort of physical jobs out there require a certain amount of conditioning. For example, when I was doing 15 shows a week in Japan, Mm -hmm. I was at a different conditioning Mm -hmm. level than I was the two months that I've gotten back because I didn't have to be. Right. You know, and that's okay. And I need, right. you know, and I, there, there was like a time where I was get, getting hard on myself because it's like, you're not doing anything. You're just going for hikes. It's like, but no, for after a year and a half of intensive 15 show weeks, maybe it's good to yeah, re- yes. like have a bigger recovery, to feel soft, to feel just like, you know, just to have a minute to say, oh, yeah, this is okay. I'm just going to go for a walk today. Or I'm just going to... I 100% believe in that. <laughs> and then, and now I'm back to, uh, now I'm doing base camp, which I'm loving. And I feel like it's so hard and I feel so strong. Right. Um, and I've only been like a week and a half into it. But it feels good. But I've had a break. Mm-hmm. I've given myself a break. And I definitely feel the difference in my body. But that's also okay. Yeah. And not only is it okay, it's probably healthy 
to oh, yeah. give yourself the Absolutely. ability to like, especially be, for singers yeah. too. Like I did not want to sing when I came home. <laughs> I'll tell you honestly, like, I don't know how you felt I'm after all that. I'm supposed to be on vocal rest all summer, but <laughs> I'm doing a podcast. So there That's we go. Okay, but you're, ta- <laughs> you're just talking with nice breath. It's not, it's not harsh speaking, but like yeah. after hitting my chords that hard, meaning we were doing a pretty intense rock show. Yeah. So it was like, and like doing certain cool things. And a lot of, I did a lot of opera. Like it was a weird mm-hmm. set. And so I found that when I got home, I was like, I could skip doing any of that for the next six months. And it ended up being a year of like pretty, I was raising my dog. I had other things going on. And so it was nice to sort of step away. And now I'm really eager to do more things again. But I do think that about singing and about the physical stuff. Like I had foot surgery in January. So I have not been that girl at cardio bar class. Like Mm -hmm. I have not gone one time yet. And it's, because I'm sort of slowly easing back in and doing things, but understanding that my body has needed me to not do those things yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And even when I wanted to jump in, it was like, well, I'll be gentle. Now my doctor's like, go for it. Like, you really mm-hmm. need to get it moving now. And so yeah. now it's better. Absolutely. We just have different seasons of our life. And yes. I think the important thing is to be kind and to know what season you're in and accept that season. Yes, and not to fight, not to fight yourself that yes. it doesn't have to be all one way all the time. Well, no, no. labels. This yeah. labelless, this labelless world. You know, we're not, we, we just, you're just Melissa and you're just Allie and I'm just Erica. And right. that could be the singer, that could be the podcaster, that could be the spinner, whatever right. it is that we define ourselves in in the moment. But the flexibility to allow that to change. Yeah. I think is really important and, you know, something that I've struggled with in terms of when something doesn't serve me anymore, knowing it's time to let go (sighs) or that that doesn't mean that it's forever. It could come back, but just listening for what's not right right now. Exactly. Be it working out, be it relationships, be it anything. But the only way to listen to that voice is to slow down and stop fighting yourself and to breathe. And to breathe. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Good yes. Words to live by. There was a there was a great thing that they talked about on a podcast I listened to called Happier, and she mm. was just this one I've been telling everybody about because it was so important for me. But she said, "I'm really I really encourage you all to do this practice of just stop talking," and that mm. was her message. And it was all about just in the moment knowing when to just stop and when to just listen and when to not be the one filling space and having something mm. to say and and I've really had to exercise that a lot and and do that reflect on I'm 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 not happy so I'm doing things because I don't really like the situation that I'm in yeah. or I'm I'm trying to almost make myself like something I don't want to be doing or, you know, and that's been really tough. You know, ending relationships is hard. Making big transitions. I've moved this year. Just moving is hard, you know, all these little things we go through. And so it's, it is really tough to just take a moment and like look at yourself and go, am I okay in these circumstances? Am I okay not doing more right now? (laughs) Or I think with social media, we always feel like we're comparing. And so in the performing world, if somebody else is doing something great, you're very happy, but you're also like, what should I be? Should I get up right now? You know? And that's, no, I don't know. I just time to to be up and there's times to be quiet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Flowers bloom at different times and they grow at different times. We're all just sometimes you need to water other people's thing. (laughs) And then like, you know, and that's, that's okay. It's, it's really hard to do, but it's okay 
to just be at home with your dog. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> I'm okay at home with you, buddy. <laughs> well, we want to thank you for joining us yes, today. Thank this you so, so much. Guys. I want to come on all the time. Yes. yes. And thank you, Buckley. Thank, thank you, Buckley. Buckley. He finally he got, so, <laughs> he got so quiet. Um, all right, well... This has been Courageous Wellness. And where can everyone find you on the internet? (laughs) You can find me on the internet. I have a website, melissaharding.com. You can always go look at that if you want to sing. Come sing with me. I am a teacher. She Uh, does Skype lessons, too. I do. I teach anyone. But otherwise, I'm I'm on Instagram, Melissa K. Harding. Come find me. And what... um, can you tell them about the podcast? What's the name of your Yeah, podcast? so I'm on a podcast. It's the James Michael Podcast. It's spelled J-A-M, Jam, Cast. Okay, Jam um, We're about 20 episodes in. We have a couple different things we're doing. We do some interviews. It's a lot of music related, a lot of mental health. Um, James, my boss, is openly bipolar and talks about mm. it very regularly and the depression and a lot of midlife stuff. I'm mm. his younger friend, but he just turned 50, and he's talking a lot about what it feels like to be a 50-year-old man who was on tour as a rock star, but being in the entertainment industry and how careers change and how tough that is. Well, that sounds like courageous wellness. Yes, it It is. Totally. So check that out if you guys are interested. And thank you again. Thank you so much. Thanks, ladies.